I want to read a proverb to you. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. And this is one of my favorite Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs is the book. It's in the Old Testament. I didn't know that when I came to church. I wasn't raised in church. So I showed up and had to look at the, the table of contents, trying to find Philemon or trying to see what's up with, with you know, Colossians. I didn't know any of those things. Felt embarrassed at times in church looking at the table of contents. People trying to, you know, hate on me because I wasn't that spiritual. But I, I, the other day, matter of fact, I couldn't find something. I looked at it. I've been in ministry 30 years. Philemon still I couldn't find. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it just happens. But Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It's, 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 applica- it's daily wisdom for work and for kids and for money and for situations. And so it, it, it gives us handles for the life that we live. And it puts handles on what we face as a couple or as a blended family or as a single or single again. Whatever our situations are, Proverbs 11 says this, a generous person will prosper. Anyone who gives water will receive a flood in return. Boy, that's a promise. Anyone, look at anyone who gives water, you give water, but God says, I'm going to bring a flood back to you. You give water, you give a cup of water, you, you do what you can with what you have. Come on, somebody. And if you'll do what you can with what you have and you'll offer it to me and you'll present it to me, then you watch what I'm going to do in your life. Also says this in the NIV, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others, not themselves. We live in a world that says refresh yourself. Get yourself bigger. Make yourself more important. Highlight yourself. You ever been around anybody who highlights themselves all the time? I mean, you got like a big story to tell, and no matter what story you tell, they got a bigger story. My, my, my. Come on, somebody. Is anybody here to help me preach all up in your mask? You know that person who, who, who they just always, ref- it's every, every story has to be about them. Every moment has to be about them. But the Bible in the book of wisdom in this truth says, if you will refresh others, you, look what it says, will we'll be refreshed. Whoever refreshes us will be refreshed. The reality is this, that in Christ, being refreshed is not in the getting, it is actually in the giving. That's the opposite of the world that we live in. It's a truth for you and I to live by. God is saying that to us today, that when you pour your life out for others, God will pour into you. That when you fill up others, God will fill you up. We live in a world today where we have to wonder sometimes what's, what's going on, on the inside and what are, we, what are we full of? What are we filled up with? Uh, what, what, what are we, what's in our cup? What is happening with us? What, what is going on on the inside? Because you and I both know that it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. If something's going on, on the inside, it will come out. And he says, as you pour out to others, as you're pouring out to others, I'm going to tell you how life works. I'm going to then pour into you. I remember when we started our church in Louisiana, we pastored for 20 years in Louisiana. I was trying to figure out people. I was a student pastor. I was working with teenagers. Now I'm working with adults and senior adults and married couples. I was trying to figure out people, how to help people, how to, how to figure out who, who needs to lead, who, who's going to serve on a team and who's going to lead a small group. And I was so, I just didn't understand it real well. And I remember sitting with an older preacher and he was telling me how to work with people. I think this applies to a small business. This applies if you're a teacher or if you run a land company. It just applies. And I remember he looked at me and said, remember this about people that what is ever down, what's ever in the well always comes up in the bucket. So what's on the inside of you is going to come up. 
And if you're empty on the inside, then emptiness is going to come up. And I don't know, sometimes we're expecting something from someone who has nothing on the inside to give us. God says the way that you fill up is you fill up others and I will fill you up. I love the truth of those scriptures. I started thinking about my own life and, you know, my dad was a good Italian man and we owned these little businesses in Myrtle Beach and they were little beach businesses and and I, my earliest memory of my dad is going to work with him on a Saturday. And he had a, he had a, a deep relationship with a cup of coffee. Every Saturday I would go to work with him and we were, you know, selling puka shells. Come on, somebody, some shark's teeth and airbrush t-shirts in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, right there on the beach. And that's I was raised in that environment. Every Saturday I'd go to work with him and we'd be there for about 20 minutes after we opened up and, and he'd always give me a quarter. He'd say, go across there and get me a little cup of coffee. I'd go over there and it was just in a styrofoam cup and it was a quarter and he just took it right out of the pot. And I remember for years, for, for 10, 12 years, I did that with my dad and I'd walk across there and it would spill on me. It would burn me. Come on. There wasn't no, we, we went double cupping. There was no, there was no little insulated sleeve. I ain't never seen a top in his life. Come on, somebody. Interesting relationship with coffee. I never drank coffee. My college roommate would make it in the morning. Instant coffee. Then I remember when about 20 years ago, a friend of mine, a friend of Pastor Herbert, pastors a great church in Memphis, uh, John Siebling. I remember I was there doing a Wednesday night service. We were going to do a little worship night like you're about to have. With, and, and so we were all excited about it. He picks me up. He says, hey, man, we're going to run by Starbucks. I, I don't know Starbucks. I never heard that in my life. I know what we're, I mean, we're going to look at planets. What are we doing? I don't know what we're doing. He says, just wait. You'll see Starbucks. And, and you know when somebody knows something that you don't know and it's so much cooler just the way they say it, and you don't know it, but you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know where we're going. Yeah. I remember the first time I walked in Starbucks or whatever call, whatever call for you, and I remember walking in there and I was, I was blown away. All I had seen is a cup of coffee and a styrofoam cup over at the little hamburger stand. And here we walk in and, man, there are people talking and sitting at tables with computers and headphones. And, you know, people are blogging. Come on, somebody. And people are talking and, and there's cups and there's all this music playing. And you walk in. He's like, hey, this, this is Starbucks. It's just it's your third place. It's just, you know, there's the menu. I'm looking at the board. It's like an encyclopedia of coffee beans. They're like, would you like a bean? from like Sumatra? Where would you, what kind of bean do you want? I don't know. I just want coffee. And I mean, would you like a latte or a macchiato or a frappuccino? I don't know. I mean, you know when you're at that place and somebody knows it before you and you just feel like, man, I am, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm an idiot coffee person. I just don't know nothing. And I ordered, I was nervous I just didn't know what to do. He's like, just go down there, go down to the other area and just pick up your beverage. And they asked, John's talking to him. He's ordering all this stuff. And I I don't know what to do. I feel so awkward. I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm just standing there. And it's just so cool. And then, you know, and and then all of a sudden I'm standing there and a guy steps up and says, Dino, how you know my name, bro? I don't know you. Why you call my name? You don't know me. You don't know my people. Don't call my name. And he's like, well, he gave me your name. And as I look up, he hands me a cup with my name on it. And it was just like, it was so cool. I went to the conference and I held the cup all night and say, what's going on? Brother been a Starbucks. Got my name on it. What's up, Dino? Right here, Dinah Stones. Come on, Flintstones. Where you at, DJ? 
Come on, the vitamins. I, I'm Dino. I mean, it was so cool. And, you know, so for 20 years, I've had this, you know, relationships with Starbucks or coffee shops in our community. And my drink has changed. I remember for a little bit, you know, I got a vanilla bean. It was just so cool, vanilla bean. And then, you know, you go through a scholastic time in your life and you get a chai. Just order a chai, ordering a chai, working on my, my thesis. I'm just brilliant. I'm a genius. I'm ordering a chai. You feel academic. And then, and then, I, and then I, I got locked in for about 10 years with a white chocolate mocha. Hmm. Yeah, Lord. Other day I ordered one with my wife about nine months ago. I ordered, she said, how many calories are in that? I don't, I don't know. About 360 calories. She's like, we about to shut that down. You better find you something else. So I found a new drink nine months ago called a refresher. Oh, man, 90 calories. Drink a bunch of those all day long. And so, uh, so I get a refresher. And this is a certain refresher. This is called a strawberry acai. And I always say it like it when I order it. I don't go into a strawberry. I say, I say, can I have a strawberry? Can I have a strawberry refresher? Strawberry acai. Man, he's like international. And, uh, and I order it and I get it. And I get, so I drink a hot tea in the morning now. And then I drink one of the, I get one of these every afternoon. And when I get it, I do the same thing for nine months every day, five days a week. I get a refresher and I drink it as fast as I can right when I get it. Whoa! Feel like Ric Flair. Come on, nature boy. Woo! I feel refreshed. Isn't it amazing the Bible says that you'll get refreshed, you'll find a refreshment, you'll find some new life, you will get refreshed again, not when you refresh yourself, but when you make a decision to refresh others. You give a cup of water, I will give you a flood. And we live in a world that says, take care of yourself. I mean, everything that's going on around us, it's me, myself, and I. It's about me. The Bible says, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter what goes on in this world, what happens in your life. You'll never find it when you absorb yourself in yourself. You just won't find it. I came across a scripture the other day that was just refreshing to me because I think we're living in a world that you say, Dino, really? These days... This pain, my marriage, my kids, my womb, my hurt, my job, my life refreshed? I don't think so. And then the Bible says this in Psalms 107, verse 35. To the driest of a person, to the, to the, to the, to the most parched person's life, he says this. He says, he turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into a flowing spring. Yes, the circumstances are bad. Yes, the situation is bleak. Yes, my emotions are dry. Yes, I feel like my feelings are empty. But God says, I will turn your desert into an oasis. I will turn your dry ground into a place where there is a spring. But you will not find it in me, myself, and I. You will find it. You'll be refreshed, refreshed when you refresh others. You pour out, I'll pour in. It's kind of the process. I think it's a message that we need today. 
It's a truth. It helps us. So often we think, Lord, if my life will get bigger, bigger car, more zeros, more likes, more people hitting me up, more influence, if I could just amplify my voice, me, if, if I could be seen more, if I could just, if everything can, can become bigger, if you'll make my life bigger, then I'll be a blessing. How many times do we think, Lord, if you'll give me more, then I'll share it? You know what I found out? That if you're not sharing from the cup you have now, you will not share when you get a bigger cup. Oh, come on, somebody. I've never once ever gone into a restaurant, and when I'm thirsty, say, do you got a five-gallon bucket I could drink out of? I ain't going to that restaurant. I don't need to go to a restaurant that has five-gallon buckets because I'm thirsty. I've never brought my own 55-gallon drum into a restaurant and said, hey, I'm going to be thirsty for a few days. Can you fill up the drum? I need a bigger, you know, make everything bigger, make everything bigger. I want to go to a restaurant that does what? That gives free refills. I need to give me a free refill. So it doesn't matter what size cup I have. It doesn't matter what size container I have. I like going to a restaurant. We always go to dinner with a couple, and the lady does the same thing every time we go to dinner. She says, excuse me, sir, can, can you refresh my cup? She says, shake it. Can you refresh my tea? She just shakes it. I need a refresher. Can you refresh it right here? Can I tell you something right now? It, you, you may feel like your life is so small. You may feel like you're not making a difference. And I, I don't live a big life, and I'm not a celebrity. I'm not this, and I'm not that. God will refill you every time you pour out. So if you've got a little five-ounce life, or you feel like your family is just a 16-ounce family, or my tithe, or my gift, I'm not big as everybody else. It doesn't matter how big the container is. He will refill it over and over and over. Over again. That's how it works with God. When you serve, when you give, when you help, when you love others, he refreshes, he refills over and over again. When you gave to the laundromat, those that are working there, those that are serving, being able to be a blessing to DJ's family over and over again. There's no regrets. I want to say this to the best church on the planet that I believe is full of some of the best people. I've ever met, I've met them right here, peoples. Is this right here? Emptying out your life to others and for Jesus will never leave you empty. When you empty out your life for Jesus, when you empty out your life for others, you don't empty out and, and be left empty. You empty out and then he refills you. He has a refilling for your life. I mean, it's just a promise. He's the God of the refill. But he doesn't stop there. I love what Amos says. Amos 9, uh, verse 11. This is a great verse. It says, in that day, I will restore David's fallen shelter. I will repair its broken walls. I will restore its ruins. And I will rebuild it as it used to be. Do you know over 400 times in the Bible, God uses the rewords Two little letters, restore, rebuild, refresh, hey, redeem. Two little letters that just means again. Or aren't you glad that God can do it again? He can help us with an addiction again. He can give us hope again. He can fill us up with grace and mercy for someone that's very different than us 
again. He can give us patience for a child where we're running out of patience with it. He can heal a marriage again. He can bring freedom again. He restores. He rebuilds. He, he redeems. He, hey, he renews. He can refill us. He's the God of the re. I mean, I love, it's like our computer. Think about it. Sometimes on our computer, we get, it gets stuck and we, we're stuck on this page and we, we need, we, 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 we know that it's old information or it's a, and then what do you do? Thank God there's a thing called the refresh button. And I'll hit the refresh button and my computer screen will, or my phone or my iPad, it will refresh and what? It'll catch me up to something current. It'll get me back new information and the latest information. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living off of old screens and, and old news and what was yesterday and, and this and that. We need a refresh of the screens in our life because guess what? I, I'm not, I don't believe that the old chapter is going to be repeated. I'm believing God for a new chapter in my life. New chapter in our world, a new chapter in our community, a new chapter with those around us. I want to refresh. You hit the refresh, the old thing goes away. Thank God for a do-over. Thank God that he redeems us and he refreshes us and he helps us. We're stuck in our life and things are broken and things have fallen. God helps us and we empty out our life for others. Jesus never leaves us empty. It's a promise in Amos, it's a promise in the Psalms, it's a, it's a promise in Proverbs, it's a, it's a promise in the New Testament. Don't you love the promise that says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? Isn't it amazing that Paul looked at Timothy and said, Timothy, I know you're trying to build a church and I know you're trying to build a life and I know you're working with people, but if you will pour out your life, Paul said, I am ready to be poured out as a drink offering. I'll pour my life out for the cause of Jesus Christ. Never end empty. Amen? I'm going to give you two applications and we're going to finish up. Just two applications that I believe that, that are right out of this verse and right out of these verses. I think it'll help us. I want to encourage you with it as we walk through these days of uncertainty as try to figure out school and job and the future. What does the winter look like? What does the fall look like? What does 2021 look like? And what's going to happen around us and how we're going to sort through these things, how we're going to navigate the pain and the injustice all around us. Two things. Here's the first one. Remember this. When you refresh others, it will recharge you. So, so many people I run into right now, their battery is on low. Running so empty, man. I'm just running on empty. My, my relationships, my patience, my money, everything's running on empty. And I need a, I need a recharge. And, and, and what I have found out is I don't find a recharge when I'm just plugging into me, myself, and I. But it's when I refresh others. He will refresh. He will recharge you. You know, you know how it works. You're going through something. You're fighting your own battle. You're trying to deal with your own people. You're trying to sort through your own relationships. And then all of a sudden somebody calls or you find out somebody going through something. Isn't it interesting how when you hear somebody else's pain, when you hear somebody else's struggle, when you hear somebody else's suffering, how it'll bring perspective to your own suffering? Because how many knows, I want you to hear something, people. How many knows, people's church, that there is somebody that's less fortunate than you and I? Oh, it's a reminder every day to realize, I know I'm struggling. I know all my bills are paid, but I am more blessed than so-and-so. And it's a good reminder to always remember how blessed we are even in the midst of things. How blessed we are 
will encourage you. When you refresh others, it will recharge you. So often I may be feeling empty and then I, I connect with someone else. Maybe it's a laundromat or it's groceries or it's just loving your neighbor. It's just being kind to someone. How all of a sudden you walk out of there, your situation hasn't changed. But boy, I see it differently. It's just the truth. And then here's the second thought and I'll finish with this. I want to encourage you this, that when you refresh others, Jesus is revealed to you. Boy, I need Jesus to be revealed to me. I got some decisions, working with some things with my kids, trying to figure out some things with team, trying to understand things about finances. I need Jesus to be revealed. You ever prayed a prayer, Lord, if you just come down here and be with me today? Could you ride with me to work? Could you help me go to this meeting? Lord, as I look at my checkbook, as I try to raise these kids, I just wish Jesus was, I've said, I've said this before, I just, just wish Jesus was right here by me, telling me what to do. Things would be so different. If he was in our world, if he was leading our city. Boy, if Jesus, if we just do what Jesus, Jesus could just walk through our streets, things would be so different. I need Jesus revealed to me. I've prayed that prayer a lot lately. I came across this scripture that I want to encourage you with today. If you're looking for Jesus, if you need Jesus revealed, Matthew 25, 40, and the king will answer and say to them, surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to or for me. You did it to me. Where's Jesus? Among your serving, among your giving, among your generosity. A while back, I was able to go to India on a trip. We went there and we dug some wells and we held some meetings. And it's phenomenal. Going to Mumbai and going to Calcutta and went to uh, Madras. And uh, was, we did some meetings, some large meetings. And it was all, we worked with some leaders and uh, got up one morning. And the guy said, hey, I'm going to come pick you up about 11 o'clock. We're going to go a couple hours out of the city. Just be ready to preach. You know, I'm trying to figure out detail. We're going to just be ready to preach. Jump in the car, go about an hour and a half out of the city, middle of nowhere, like nothing. Nothing but just dry ground and little small trees. Just as far as you can see, nothing. No city, no signs, no nothing. And we stop on the side of the road. And in the, it's me and this, this missionary, another guy that's with me, and we've got these, ba- got these boxes full of food. They're, they're, it's rice and egg wrapped in a newspaper. He takes them out. There's a steel wagon. We put it in a wagon. We start walking into the middle of nowhere. We walk about 300 yards, and we get to a, a pole that has a bell on it, and we ring the bell. He hadn't told me nothing. I still don't know where we're going. Ring the bell. We wait. We ring the bell. We wait. Then all of a sudden, we hear a bell off in the distance ring. Rings a couple of days. He says, let's go. We pull this wagon another 500 yards. Just wait in the middle of nowhere. We pull up in the middle of a leper colony. And, he, and, and the bell is ringing. And, the, and these precious leopards are coming out of, the, just the, out of the, just the, the woods right there, just out of the field. And there's blue tarps everywhere. And I stood there and I got a picture of me speaking in this leper colony in India. Those are all lepers. All their, their kids, women, men. About three or four hundred lepers. And I'm standing there speaking to an interpreter. They've got like four buildings and most all of them live underneath a blue tarp. 
Got a five-gallon bucket. They don't have anything. And I remember preaching the gospel. We got done. We brought out the food, the rice and the eggs, and we started giving them out. And boy, the noise just started rising, and kids were playing, and women and men were talking. They, they were walking up thanking us. And I just stood there in the middle of it. And as I stood there in the middle, I was going through my own struggles, fighting my own things back home, trying to work with some things in my own family. And I remember going to India thinking, man, I need Jesus. I, I need Jesus to help me lead this church. I need Jesus to help me raise money to build this. All these things. As I stood there among these, these kids that were playing and they were eating and the lepers that were there, I just stood there and I shut my eyes and I heard the Holy Spirit say, I am right here. You've been looking for me all kinds of places, but I am revealed to you among the poor, among the broken, among the hurting, among the least of these. Open your eyes. You will see me. You will see me. I am all of these. Because when you do it under the least of these, it's me. This is me. I encourage you, when you refresh others in this world that we're living in right now, Jesus himself will be revealed to you when you serve the poor, the forgotten, the marginalized, the hurting. We're not going to the laundromat to help the Smiths and the Lewises. We're going to the laundromat to see Jesus going to see Jesus. Hey, let's be those people 2020 and let's be that church.